Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Derrick, and alongside me, as always, is the Jotun Toten, Vault Dwelling, Mayor of the Deepstone Crypt, my favorite co-host on the Citadel, the Disciple, and the lightsaber-wielding Josh Finney. Ooh. Happy May 4th, even though it's May 5th. Revenge of the 5th? 6th? Sith, so Sith, like I, Sith, I I never got online with Revenge of the Fifth because that just makes it sound like you have a lisp. Yeah, and I don't like that. I, I like I kind of feel like that's like insulting towards somebody who actually has a lisp. So I really try to not do that. But man, Star Wars Day was yesterday. I spent a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. We I, we bought Christmas gifts yesterday for each other. Chelsea and I bought Christmas gifts in May. Yeah, because well, like, if we're spending money, these things are getting put away. I I say that knowing full well that my the shirt that I bought is coming in the mail in two days, and I'm 100 wearing it when it comes. Mm. Mm. Maybe next week. It's uh, it's got uh, it was one of their designs for May Fourth uh at Disney, and it's got half Mando helmet, half Boba Fett helmet. Oh, nice. Um, and I got Chelsea a uh, a Rogue One themed spirit jersey. Ooh, nice. Uh, it says made a force be with us on the back. Kind of looks like uh, it's like Scarif themed almost. Ooh, that's cool. A couple pins for my cork board. Nice. And uh, the uh, the Razor Crest, a Christmas ornament for my uh, Christmas tree. Nice. You you press the button down on it and it plays the Mando theme. Nice. I will install the batteries and I don't know if I'm allowed to bring it on the show because I it came in and I like took it out of the box and she just mm-hmm. stared at me and she's like what are you doing this is a christmas present it's a, it's a christmas ornament and then i couldn't get it back in the box correctly so it's just like kind of hanging out on my counter nice yes nice it's of nice course. but it's good it's may for it, it was may 4th this week i got they some dropped cool... that obi-wan trailer too the obi-wan trailer is dope as fuck i can't so wait good. I'm two so episodes excited. are going to drop on the 27th. I'm very excited for that. Jedi Fallen Order 2 is probably getting teased at Celebration. There's one more panel we don't know about. Cassie and Andor yeah. is going to get a trailer this month. Bad mm-hmm. Batch. Oh, man. I'm ready. Moon Knight ended this week. It's been a great yep. week, Corey. I know. Yeah. Uh, also, you bought your Moon Knight skin on Fortnite. I bought a Moon Knight skin <laughs> on Fortnite. I bought that with his uh, also his uh, his moon sickles. Um, yeah. Let's see what did, I, you, what did you see that? Well, we talked a little bit that Scarlet Witch is coming, but did you see yep. that the the Halo and Gear skins are back on the store? No! Oh, <laughs> no, Corey, no! Yeah, I'm gonna spend so much. Okay, so guys, I've been going through a crisis of confidence. Okay, this is a safe space. I'm gonna talk about it. I have played <laughs> a lot of Fortnite in the last couple of weeks. More, I've never played. I played Fortnite one time before this and it was back when i want to say it was like way back when the last jedi came out because i somehow inexplicably had kylo ren's tie fighter as a glider Mm -hmm. in the game when i logged in Mm. so i'm i'm just like i don't know what to do here i don't know what to do here i'm frustrated um all the star wars stuff is gone then it all comes back into the store this week and I really agonize. Do I buy the Kylo Ren skin? Do I buy oh the First Order like uh, lightning uh, 
battalion because that can be your pickaxe like do i buy that and it was like no i'm gonna hold strong master chief being back i can't i can't i can't do it our friend ray has been uh flexing on me with the master chief skin lately it's got to be because season two launched this week right probably I'm assuming for Halo. Uh, I'm honest. So if they just got added to the store today, I'd say it's because Fortnite's coming to cloud gaming. Oh yeah, that's true too. Because if they added both Halo and Gears back, mm-hmm. I want the I want the the Kate skin, but I don't. It's a good thing I'm not into Fortnite because I'd be super poor. And I'm not into Fortnite, house. but I'm very rapidly getting there with zero build. I'm actually mm-hmm. genuinely enjoying it, because that, that was always my problem with it. I never cared about the building aspect, and I just thought that was, like, kind of bullshit. But mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying... Um, uh, Ray and I have been running around doing doing duos, uh, going in with a squad, some trios. It's been a lot of fun. I, I will never play it solo, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun with friends. Uh, yeah. It just gets completely bonkers. Um and there, nothing beats a four-way fight between Moon Knight, Master Chief, Kratos, and, like, <laughs> Leon Kennedy. It's fucking <laughs> wild what you can have in some of these squads. Like, I don't think anybody uses the actual Fortnite skins, like, the characters. It's all the pop culture characters. It's all the fun mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how they get I am money, kicking though, right? myself that I can never get the Mando skin now, though, because mm-hmm. that was part of a season pass. Mm-hmm. I they're gonna have to do some kind some of legacy point. pass De- them and bungie epic and bungie gotta sit down and bring back past season passes mm. remember that remember that rumor that zavala was gonna come to fortnite at one point i do remember i uh, i do not think that's a rumor i think that is a hundred percent happening at some point you think they're just gonna put all like the main destiny characters in there <laughs> like, um no i think they would put three in uh that seems to be like two to three seem to be what they put in at a time i don't see any way that you do uh, a skin pack in Fortnite that's Destiny themed without Cade being uh, yeah. at the forefront. Yeah, it's got to be Zavala, Cade, and Ikora probably, right? That would be like... I would argue for them, but I, th- I at the same time, I think you could argue for Shax. Just because like everyone knows who Shax is because of his helmet. Right. Um, you could argue Shax. You could argue Crow at this point. Maybe? Well, yeah. I would honestly, I would just love to see Oryx running around. Oryx or Crota running around. That'd be hilarious. Oh my gosh. Like, what if it's like a big Destiny event and like the entire map of Guardians have to take down like Oryx? I see, I would hate that because then I would never hear the fucking end of why can't Destiny do this? Why did we have to go to <laughs> Fortnite? This breaks the immersion of my KD. Yeah, no, I can't I can't I can't do that, man. Guardian games is enough for me to suffer through Corey. It's fair. It's fair. But no, it's it's it really it really has been a great week. Um, made some progress. You know, had my last therapy appointment for the summer. Uh, definitely had some things happen on the professional front that I can't talk about quite yet. I'm hoping I get to talk about them relatively soon. Um, some really cool opportunities coming my way, and uh, yeah, man, it's it, it has genuinely been it's been a great week. I'm. I'm ready to talk some destiny. Yeah, let's 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 do that. Let's I know people don't really ca- people don't really care that we're talking about Fortnite, even though no, like, neither no. of us play Fortnite like at all. 
<laughs> no, I, I have I have played more Fortnite in the last two weeks than I have in like the four years since it came out. But I, do, I digress. I do We're here have to, to talk say, about. I do have to say yes. The last point on Fortnite, I do. They have that Disney Infinity thing going on where they're taking all these properties mm-hmm. and making them look like they belong together. And I love when, like, I loved when Disney Infinity did that. Yeah. And now that Fortnite is doing it, like, it's cool. I gotta Big say, fan. it's cool. Big, Big fan. fan. I wish they'd just sell the figures, like the Fortnite figures of the skins. They've done it with some of theirs. I know, but I wish they would. I, I don't know if they'll ever do the third-party ones, but... I just think it would be cool. Be cool. And yeah. if you bought the figure, right, you charge a little bit extra for the figure and you get the skin. It would be cool. Right. But I digress. Let's talk Destiny. We digress. It's Destiny time. Um... So of course we're, we're gonna kick we're we're gonna kick it all off like we do every single week with the Schwab, the Schwab, um, the Schwab. Uh, to to digress into serious mode for just a couple of minutes, um, Bungie came out this week, um, and you know if you maybe don't live in the U.S. or you know you have kind of been off social media for a few days, uh, you know that some documents released from the Supreme Court this week. Uh, concerning uh, the majority opinion that uh, Roe v. Wade will be overturned, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not going to get into that. But Bungie came out, and the reason why we're bringing this up is because it's notable uh, the stance that they've taken. You know, Bungie over the last several years has, you know, taken stands for Black Lives Matter, for you know, trans lives, for the LGBTQ community, for Pride Month, uh, for mental health, uh, for inclusivity. Like Bungie, Bungie always has something. Right. And this is the latest stance that they've taken. And, you know, I'll, I'll leave it for, you know, we're, we're not going to discuss, you know, Roe v. Wade on here, but just that they are unique among video game publishers as they, they did not skip a beat. It was just instantly like, no, like this is, this is our studio stance. And basically you have people telling them, oh, stick to video games, stick to video games. And basically the social media manager telling them like, as delicately as possible fuck off Mm -hmm. um like they they went viral for a reason over it and it was just because you know hey listen like we're we're not going this is who we are unapologetically if you if you don't like it there is not a gun to your head saying you need to buy our products like we are more than happy basically the tone was just like it was with the other initiatives that we said you know like we are perfectly fine with losing money and losing customers if it means a more inclusive and a safe community for everybody, where we stick up for one another, where everybody is allowed to be their own person, make their own decisions without fear of reprisal or judgment or harassment. Like that is, that is what Bungie wants to do with their community. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm bringing it up because it's, it's right there at the top of the, the top of the Schwab. I encourage you to go read the post that Bungie put up about it. Um, and that that's it. We're we're not discussing it anymore. We're not we're not going to sit here and have a, a twenty minute serious talk. Just you know, kudos to Bun- kudos to Bungie again for doing once again taking the the step that the industry needs to take. And it's pretty notable that all these other companies that you know rush to support these other initiatives like Bungie did have not followed suit on this one. Uh, I mean, they're trying to figure out how to navigate this. Maybe I I don't know, but it the silence is deafening right now. It's it's deafening. So, you know, Bungie, continue to be standouts. I think, I think literally right before we went live, 
uh, Battle.net. Battle.net or ArenaNet, I don't remember which one, uh, is like, yes, we also agree with this. But it's been like 48, 72 hours, something like that. So, uh, yeah, good on you, Bungie. Yeah. But, Corey, unless, unless you have anything to add, Corey. Nope, I have nothing to add. All right, we're moving on. Guardian moving Games. on. Guardian Games is in full swing, guys. Corey, Guardian you had a Games. If you had a chance, we're, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to Guardian Games. But have you had a chance to uh, to play with that new SMG? No, I I haven't had any chances okay. to play because like Tuesday I usually play. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was on I was on Secret Friends Unite on Tuesday. So with friend of the show Todd Oxtra. Yeah, Todd Oxtra. We have Mark the Canardian. It was a good time. We talked about Star Wars games. Oh. You should, should have been there, Josh. I should have been there. I would have talked about Rogue Squadron for like a full hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Guardian Games is in full swing, though. I, Guys, Guardian Games has long been a punchline of the community and of this show. Anytime that we want to compare, like something horrible has gone wrong, we just compare it to Guardian Games 2020. It's and fair. it probably fits the bill. Probably. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to it because I, I do want to make that like kind of the focal point of our discussion now and we'll have an addendum next week but i just have a feeling the next two weeks are gonna be so packed with subclass 3.0 information that this may be the only chance we get to talk about it um i saw a lot of people being like oh man i really hope that they you know they do the uh, the gold badges like they did last year for uh for the winning class that you can get on bungie rewards and they did not do that this year. So congratulations. Hunters are the only ones who ever get a gold badge out of this ever again. Well, um, good you, good for the hunters, right? You can earn a, a tankard, which this thing is, this thing, it's a beefy boy. It's a beefy boy. It's completely like, I don't know how you would, I, I don't think you can actually drink out of this. I, I'm not sure. This thing is just, it, it's filled with I so bet you could if you tried. You could if you tried. I just feel like the class symbols are going to like dig into my palm as I'm holding that. Mm. Um, but it, it is, it's very ornate. It's probably very heavy. Um, and then a wearable metal, which is inexplicably like the same price as the tankard mm-hmm. on Bungie Rewards. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's cool for whoever wants it. It definitely is better than like the, uh, the scarf and like flag ones that they did a few years ago. That's nah, fine. I mean, but hey, it's there. It's there. I actually, like, admittedly may get, like, the tankard from my desk, but I've you bought, should get so, it. I bought so much from Bungie. Like, I, if I don't have to get it, I can't get it at this point. <laughs> like, I have been, I have in a one-bedroom apartment, Corey. I, my desk is rapidly running out of room. It's a disaster over here. Um, we're just, we're kind of flying through the swab. There's not a whole lot here. Um, 9,000 words was not enough for Master Rahul. Um, 12 before last was the Mega Ultra Chonker. But there were still questions. Here, um, Cosmo kind of goes in and explains a lot of terminology regarding uh, flinch resistance, uh, such as uh, what is a damage scaler, uh, airborne effectiveness. There were a lot of airborne effectiveness questions, uh, precision aim assist. And there's, there's some graphics here to help you out with some of that stuff. Um, scavenger perk changes. So I, I will say right now, like, because these are all really specific questions, 
Um, I would encourage you to go through and read that as if it is a FAQ, because that's essentially what this is. This is like this is getting into the minutiae for like the really hardcore base, which I feel like, again, if you're listening to a Destiny pod, it probably appeals to you. But rather than me just rattle off a whole bunch of numbers and like questions that like I don't really know sometimes what it's pertaining to, like what what sparked asking that question in the first place. I'm going to let you guys do a little bit of uh, Sherlock Holmesing for us. And uh, you guys go and read that. If, if you had any questions <laughs> remaining off those, I feel like we clarified it the best we could. Um, so if you, if you have questions, you know, maybe pull up, pull up the FAQ and go back and listen to episode 89. Um, I like how like every couple, uh, <laughs> every couple bullet points, there's like, check our mega twop. <laughs> There's a link to the big twab. I mean, you basically have to. Like, that's that's the whole thing. Um, yeah. I, I will say, I, I think, especially the section about scavenger perks, that's really good to clarify for people. Because you inevitably are going to have people mad that, I picked up a green brick and I only got one shotgun shell. Well, go read the mega twab, you know? That's why you're not getting more than one fusion bolt at a time. Like, that. that's why you're getting all this stuff. And, like, it, they go into painstaking detail about this. And, like, for example... I, I do want to I want to read one little section here, which is um, with disabling ammo scavenger mods in PvP, are you trying to bring back double prime the double primary meta? No, we don't want double primaries to be more viable. Well, we do want them to be more viable and want fewer one-hit kills in PvP, but want, don't want to eliminate those entirely. You will still spawn with two rounds of special ammo or equivalent and still pick up ammo bricks, but you shouldn't be able to use a special weapon like a primary. That's the crux of the thing right there. Having like eight shotgun shells and just running around one hit killing everybody it feels really fucking bad when you're the person that keeps dying to that mm-hmm. it feels terrible it's not fun and that's why so many people hate the crucible right right uh one interesting side effect may be an indirect buff to the strategy of running double primary to starve your opponents of special ammo drops because you will only drop special ammo if you had special ammo on you when you died right so keep that one in mind um Short-range primary weapons will now have more of a role now. Sidearms and SMGs can better compete with shotguns. Thank God. I love I love sidearms, and they have not felt viable in quite some time. Um, we've pushed the current PvP ammo system as far as we can with this change. If this doesn't move the needle, we'll look at redesigning the PvP ammo economy entirely, which should be a long-term change. Um, and then the last question here, with scavenger mods disabled in PvP, there's little competitions for leg mod slots. What's the plan? We're keeping this in mind for future updates, but for now, we recommend you run those holster mods. Cool. Whatever. I think this is what we all kind of expected when we read that. Um, and there's a couple like little random question changes. Um, and then weapon archetypes. Uh, there's some stuff about uh, retrace path, about lightweight pulses, slug shotties, um, fusion spreads, uh, damage fall for SMGs. Uh, my favorite question... <laughs> And I really, really, really want to focus on this one because this is this is a bone that I had to pick uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Why did Summoner only come back for two seasons? Summoner, of course, you will remember, is the uh, auto rifle currently available in Trials of Osiris. It came back this season, and it, it will be leaving at the end of the summer. At the end of Season 17 is when it's leaving. We're, we are, we're adding one new weapon, one reissued weapon, and removing two old weapons from the Trials loophole each season, but we felt like only one brand new Trials weapon per season was not enough. Now that we're doing two new Trials weapons a season, we'd rather the pool contain mostly the newer weapons. Um, 
I think that's a perfectly acceptable explanation, personally. Um, and now, like, especially with the new fusion coming back next season, Exile's Curse probably is not coming back. I, I would wager that this probably means that short of selling them through Xur, you may not get some of these weapons ever again. Like, we already have, we have Aisha's Embrace is a new scout rifle over the Scholar, which was the original uh, Kinetic Scout. So... Uh, you were able to buy a fixed roll of that through Zer. I think if you could, if once a certain amount of time has passed and you've determined we're never going to put these back in the game, at least make those available and maybe let us earn the blueprints through trials or through turning in trials Ingrams or I mean, buying them with shards. I don't know. Like, I think there needs to be a way to keep these weapons in game, even if they're not viable anymore, just because, well... Some of these weapons are going to leave without anybody ever getting to play them. Like Messenger, Messenger was back for a year and a half. Messenger's been here for a year and a, a year and a half. If you haven't gotten a Messenger by now, I'm sorry. I feel really bad for you. Go win a couple rounds, as hard as that may be to do. Earn yourself a couple Ingrams. Get a Messenger. Cannot recommend Messenger enough. Probably my favorite primary in the entire game. Like it has carried me through so many. It carried every time I went to the lighthouse. Messenger took me there. So. When you have things like that, but then you look at what the loot pool is going to be next season. It's going to be the Trial Sidearm. It's going to be the New Fusion. It's going to be Aisha's Embrace. It's going to be Summoner before Summoner leaves, of course. Reed's Regret is going to be in there. Um, but you're going to lose Messenger and Shairus, and that's okay. And that's okay. Those two have been in the game long enough that if you want them, you have found a way to get them at this point. I feel bad for newer players, but that is just the reality of trying to keep playlist weapons fresh and it not be too i guess too overwhelming but i do think that opens an opportunity like they talked about before the witch queen came out to shift these towards the zur loot pool or towards selling them somewhere else like we're we're approaching a point where yes you're gonna have to keep selling weapons at the gunsmith but i wouldn't be shocked to see like oh like multiple vendors have different weapons up for sale each week I, like, giving Hawthorne even a suite of weapons and armor, I don't think it's completely out of the question now. Or just let me outright buy some of these older ones, you know, on a random roll from Saint. Let me spend 50,000 50, Glimmer for a roll of Summoner in the future if I want to, for example, or for, like, a Messenger next season. Like, I don't know. Let, let us do that. If it's no longer going to be a reward that you can actually earn, still have it in the game somehow. Like, we know Nightfall weapons are going to be kind of handled that way with Zur. Let's just do it. Let's just do it for all the endgame weapons that are being taken out. I don't know. Um, Trace Rivals and Machine Guns are both getting buffed. This is to just future anti-champion mods. No comment on that. Um, uh, there's a lot in here about exotic weapons. Um, very, again, very, very, very specific ones, uh, such as monitoring, Devil's Ruin, and Fighting Lion for uh, having unique ammo, ammo economies, um, the Eyes of Tomorrow buffs, etc. Again, you guys, you guys can go through and read all this. I don't think there's a whole lot in there we need to get to. We've kind of read the two sections that I felt were like most prevalent and that I've like, had a lot of discussions with friends about. Um, and then... Uh, the really the last like kind of not even like major thing that we have here um 
Previously on the Chwab, we spoke about some quality of life changes for weapon crafting. We've already seen, we've already increased the element caps from 250 to 1,000 and the neutral element cap from 8,500 to 10,000. And in Season 17, we are still planning to remove Ruinous, Adroit, Mutable, Drowned, and Energetic Elements so that only neutral element will remain. That's the one that looks like the little Dorito when you get it. Um... Other feed, one other feedback item we see cropping up a lot is the desire to masterwork your crafted weapons, if only to get those shiny gold borders that let you know a weapon is special. Starting in 17, you will have the ability to achieve the masterwork look for crafted weapons. To get your gold border on legendary crafted weapons, you will need to have an enhanced intrinsic perk and two enhanced trait perks. Crafted exotics will, requ will require a catalyst to be inserted. Great. It was just a quality of life thing. When I see that gold border, I know that is something I've invested my time in. That is that is my go-to weapon. And I won't constantly want, like, I mean, yeah, you got the little box there, but it's just for ease of access, especially, you know, if you're just flying through that vault trying to grab something. Um, you know, or you've crafted multiples of a weapon because you're trying out new perk combinations. Boom, there you go. That, like, the gold border one, that is your go-to. Um... Uh, earlier in the week, we put the choice what map to feature for trials in your hands. Altar of Flame wins with 44% of the vote. Vostok got 30%, 36%, and Fragment got 20%. So starting when you are listening to this, Altar of Flame on Mercury is up for Trials of Osiris, which means I will be skipping it because that is just a god-awful map. Um... Yeah, that that's it. That's the end of the Schwab. There's really, there's really nothing else to talk about with the Schwab this week, unfortunately. Um, uh, kind of afraid for what the next two weeks bring. Then, um, I'm assuming they're leaving subclass 3.0 until Dylan gets back in town. Uh, Cosmo did write this one. Dylan usually handles like the massive, meaty ones, and he did write that giant one before going on vacation. I think this is last the last week of his vacation. Um, but regardless, it kind of feels like that's being held. I I really can't believe they've waited this long to tell us, first off, what element it even is, but to talk about some of the abilities. And that kind of makes me believe that it's coming in hot. No pun intended on solar changes, obviously, but uh, I feel like that is just, oh man, it may or may not be ready for prime time all the way. Um, but with with that being said, uh, you know, Corey had to step away. We're going to shift into talking about a little bit of Guardian games. Um, I was really hoping... God, where is it? Okay. The the Bungie web pages are just so messed up right now. Um, I had to go into the Season of the Risen page to pull up Guardian games. Um, I, I want to like just say, I think Guardian games overall is better than it has been in the past this is definitely the best iteration of it that being said it's probably still the it, it and solstice are in a real breakneck race for which one's the worst um i don't particularly like solstice solstice was cool when we went to the az for the first time we've been there three years in a row and i guarantee you this is going to be a fourth year um it is time to retire some of these special zones i get that you built it you don't want to let it go we were able to let go of the haunted forest last year and it went pretty great for all of us i think um, it is 100% time to say goodbye to the EAZ. Um, and I kind of feel, Guardian Games, let's talk about the positives first. 
I think that strike scoring is awesome. Strike scoring should be here. I like earning those medals. It feels like I'm doing something, I guess. I don't know. Like, you can tie fun things to that. I love the buffs that are part of this. Um, to where, like, if you get, like, the gold buff, um, you... And then you get ability kills, you will get increased weapon damage and it stacks up to five times. But vice versa, if you get the weapon damage, you're getting times five. You'll eventually get times five on your um, abilities. And that is just wild. That is the wackiest thing I've ever seen with how fast some of these uh, enemies die. It definitely made the Nightfall more bearable. The Nightfall this week is Light, uh, light Blade. The other thing that I really like about this place, I think the playlists are needlessly confusing because there's going to be a third one that's introduced over the weekend. That's when I said we're going to have an addendum next week. The competitive strikes thing comes in, and I guess that's like that's where you're competing for an individual score in Nightfalls, and I just don't know if I have the energy to deal with it. Um, but they also say on there that um, in terms of rewards... Exotic armor, common. Nightfall weapons, common. And enhancement prisms are uncommon. I like it. I've felt for a very long time that when you are doing something at top light level, this is a 1550 Nightfall if you choose the match made one, uh, that you should be guaranteed, practically guaranteed uh, the weapon. I think that's absolutely absurd if you're not... Um, I like that. I think that this proves that matchmaking can be put in just about anything in Destiny. I'm definitely still iffy when it comes to raids and, um, God, what do you call it? Raids and Grandmasters are where I still kind of go, mm, I don't know, because you'd be shocked at the amount of people who are going into these playlists not running champion mods. Uh, that's just insanely frustrating to be going in there knowing you're the only one running both champion mods. Uh, I hate that. Like, if you're with a group of friends and you plan it out, that's one thing. Going in with randos, you can't really do that. You cannot expect somebody else to carry you through a hard activity like that. Uh, but that does that does prove the thesis, I think, because Lightblade is one of the harder Nightfall strikes in the game. I, I would put it, like, it's a top five easily. It may be the worst on, like, Master or Grandmaster, frankly. It's like, what's its competition? Like, Glassway, Corrupted, um, <laughs> Exodus Down, like, maybe, or Exodus Blue, whatever it's called, like, that stupid one from year one. Like, maybe those are, like, the worst on Grandmaster, I don't know. But this is, this is definitely one of, like, the three or four worst to do, the higher up in level that you get. Um, you know, it is, it is very difficult to stay alive in that arena. It's the exact inverse of the Darkblade Strike, of course, which was also a gigantic pain. Um, I like that. I like that they, they, they fixed it very quickly on the back end, but, um, the title, which is the Void SMG was not dropping for anything. I probably turned in 30, 35 medals before I started thinking, ah, something's probably wrong with this. Uh, now I'm drowning in them. I'm just hoping that I get the right drop that I want. So again, I can lock it. I can do, I can lock it, masterwork it, delete everything else. Um, and that combo I'm looking for is one for all, stats for all, and ricochet rounds. Um, I apparently people don't like the SMG. I kind of dig it. It's not funnel web, but that the intrinsic perk on it from Guardian Games pretty good 
I really, I, I like, you can switch between that or the Hockey Perk, so I do like this gun a pretty fair amount. I don't know if it unseats uh, Funnel Web if I want to use an SMG, or especially Submission, uh, the primary SMG from uh, Vow of the Disciple, but it is a fairly fun gun, I would say. I enjoy it, I like the look of it, especially when you slap a shader on it, Um now let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk the. Let's talk the annoying. I want to talk the annoying before we talk about the bad. The annoying, I would say, is really in the form of the contender cards. I thought the contender cards and the laurels were a good system. I like that you have to. You can go play any activity you want and earn laurels as long as you're wearing the class item. Class items, by the way, actually look really good this year. I think. Um, you you have to go play the game and then you can get it, and it is just absolutely infuriating. You can first off, you can only hold one contender card at a time. Which, I get it, they don't want people to be able to just farm metals, so like I get being able to only buy one for an activity at once, but I'm running to the tower more than ever before right now, getting these stupid cards. I finish a strike, and oh, well, I finished mine, I gotta pull us out and go, I gotta pull myself out and go get one. Like, I, I have been to the tower probably like two dozen times in the last two days, trying to get contender cards, to go earn my gold medal, be done, and then go back, and then you have to keep an eye on your metal counter, too, and it just it, it's it just spirals, right? Uh, it is what it is. It's to encourage you not to sit there and hold on to them. And of course, as you turn them in, you get loot galore. I, I've gotten a lot of upgrade modules myself, I, so I still like that aspect of. It. I love how the tower looks. In terms of the bad, I just find myself not caring. Like they haven't given me a reason to care about this yet. Uh, I think the lore continues to be fascinating in-game, but I'm not completely and totally sold on why this needs to be an activity. To me, this feels like something that would be fine to bring around whenever you have the Olympics. So, like, originally in 2020, when this was supposed to happen, when this was supposed to happen for the first time, the Olympics were going to happen that summer. I think Guardian Games would have been fine to have done over the Olympics. And this year, totally makes sense. We, we just had the Winter Olympics. I don't know that we need to have this every single year. I would kind of like to see Guardian Games take a year off, take a breather, sit down and evaluate what actually worked. And I, I do, I personally feel that the event will be retired because it really looks like the Warlocks are just going to like be pre-programmed to run away with this thing. Uh, if the Warlocks win, I would say that's it. They're going to retire the event. Um, would not be shocked to see the Rebelry come back next year. Um I know there's already been people saying, ah, Sparrow Racing League, Sparrow Racing League. I just don't think they want to invest that much time into making courses for Sparrow Racing League when it's going to be for like a two-week event. You know, if so, get ready because you're going to play the same courses every time Sparrow Racing League comes up for like four years to justify the involvement. Um, this is another instance where I really wish that we could just earn the armor in-game. I don't understand why... I I understand why they want you to buy everything and why the coolest stuff is locked behind, but I don't know. I feel like you could you could handle this differently. Like at some point, even if it's just giving away the old stuff, like next year, next year I would like to see the first year of Guardian Games gear just given away in game. Like you can earn it from turning in medals. I don't know. Like um, you complete a couple of triumphs and you're guaranteed that. If you already had it, then like congratulations, here's like 1500 Bright Dust or something. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't say, like, give out the Bright Dust, like, total for the set, but, like, 
Give out some bright dust or something. Give out, you know, maybe a golf ball, some enhancement prisms. I don't know. Like, there's plenty of other rewards you could do if you already have the armor. Um, I don't see a huge, huge problem with that. Um, but it probably will need to be addressed sooner rather than later. Um, the other thing I would add in that just, I think, really frustrates me about this event is it's needlessly convoluted. Like I said, there's like three different strike playlists. They really are putting a lot of emphasis on strikes, but then like, oh, but then there's this daily challenge and like it rotates between strikes, gambit, and crucible. And like, God, just why? Why? Like, why is this a thing? Um, I do like they introduced higher tier contender cards though for Legend, uh, for Legend Lost Sectors, Trials, Raids, um, High Level Nightfalls, things like that. Uh, those are those guarantee you a Platinum Medal. And Platinum, of course, gives you the best rewards. So it's basically like you're getting a loot box every time you turn something in. Um, I have yet to get anything like actually good out of these. I think I got a shader I didn't have, which was kind of cool. It just randomly dropped a shader for me. And as you complete Triumphs, there is a ship you can earn. There's a shader you can earn. Uh, there's some emblems you can get. There, there's a lot of things here, and I don't know that I care. I would have loved to have seen the Air Apparent ornament that is, uh, that's in the shop. I would have loved to have seen that as a reward in Guardian Games. I would like a Guardian Games skin for my legendary weapons that makes them look like the title. I think that would be really cool. I just don't know how you go about revamping this event. You, you've done it three different times now. I do think this is definitely this is the best it's been, but I mean, it's still arguably the worst event. And I, I mean, I say obvious, I, or I say uh, arguably because I know there are a few people who are actually really enjoying this. Um, our friend A One Johnny, for example, he was tweeting out earlier today that he's really enjoying this. Um, he kind of like ducked for cover, but. Uh, and I, I don't disagree. I, again, I do really, I do like it to a degree. I think the glows that you can get on your shoulders are cool. Like the more that the torch lighting is a really cool effect, I think. Um, because then you get special glows on your shoulders. Like one is from doing guardian games, you know, uh, medals. And then the other is going to be for doing your nightfall scoring. Uh, I think that's really cool that you can get those and they change color depending on what level you got to. Like the emblem will slightly change also, like it'll become more full. Um, I like all that. I, I think that things like that are fun. They're like fun little bragging rights. Um, that's meant to be like, oh, wow. Like this guy is like really good at it. Instead, instead it's like, oh, wow, that guy has friends. Uh, <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know where you go with this event anymore. I don't know where you go with Guardian Games. I don't know if you you continue doing guardian games if you step away uh, if you you know like they would they did with crimson days they put it into the vault and said ah we're gonna fix it and bring it back down the line uh we're going on year three of no crimson days so i'm not gonna hold my breath on that the revelry had one they they tried it once and then after that it was guardian games time um i i don't i don't know i don't know what you do I think it's a good idea in theory, but the execution and how it actually plays out is not. Uh, like, I mean, if I had to rank the types of seasonal events, I would probably go, and judging by their current incarnations, I would probably go Festival of the Lost, The Dawning, and then, I mean, God, like, the, this and Solstice are in a race to the bottom. As much as I like Solstice and I like the idea of the Solstice, 
I am not a fan at all of, like, any of what they've done with it lately. Um, the fact that it took us three years to be able to see where the chests were permanently is a little absurd. Um, didn't enjoy that. And I find myself thinking the same thing here. Like, this is... It's a needlessly convoluted system for something that's not, like, ultimately that rewarding. I'm not saying you have to tie an exotic to every single seasonal event, because I think that would get really tedious really fast. Um, also, we would never hear the end of FOMO. But I do th I, I do want to say that I think that Bungie's strategy of putting these events towards the end of what a season should be is really smart. Like, that's just how things happen in the lineup. Like, this is this was last year and this year was the last three weeks of that, of uh, Chosen and now... Um, risen respectively um the solstice will be towards the end of <clears throat> this year as well it'll be towards the end of uh july 2022 that probably means season three ends around the end of festival of the lost like maybe festival of the lost takes place like two three weeks before the end and then i mean dawning's just gonna screw everything up but you could end on crimson days like and uh, these types of events are designed to keep us occupied when so many of us have stepped away it's like oh well the metrics are gonna go back up because you are suckers for some loot. I'm a sucker for some of those emblems. I did buy the WWE Championship belt emote, which I'm really, really digging. I like that a lot. Um, I'm waiting to get the one where um, the player who initiates the three-player emote jumps into the arms of the other two, and there's like all these, like, there's like moats all around and stuff, and they're holding him. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, there's one where, you know, he does that, and then they set him on the ground because the Guardian is asleep. I just think there's a lot that you can do. But again, it, it goes back to my whole philosophy I've, I've been stating about all these events. Let us earn stuff in-game. If we didn't pay for it the first two years, let us earn it. What, what harm is there in letting us having a chance at getting it through opening packages or chests or whatever during this event? Collecting our rewards. Like, what what is the harm in giving away, like, some shaders, some ships, like, ships and sparrows, like, nobody's buying them like weapon ornaments are about the only thing i guess i could defend leaving in the store but even those like if you're gonna offer past ones up sell them for bright dust you know leave them in the store if people want to buy them but let us do it with bright dust i see no reason why you can't do a lot of these things let me earn some of those wacky ghost shells like if i have to see the mini sparrow in the solstice shop again i may actually scream i think there's just Things are going to have to change at some point regarding these events because it has become a gigantic joke. Yeah, to a very large degree, it's it's become a pretty big joke, I would say. Um, beyond that, I mean, like, I really just don't have a whole lot of thoughts on Guardian games. Like, it's Guardian games. You, you know it. You probably hate it. I was going to say you know you love it, but you probably don't love it. Um, and then... Yeah, um, yeah, Corey had to step away. I want to get his take on Guardian Games, but uh, we can probably get that next week. Um, if he's not back soon, we can probably get that next week and um, dive in uh, once he's had some time to check out the event. Because I do genuinely think, and th this is what elevates it into a tie with Solstice right now, is Solstice's event has been so cumbersome, but it at least felt like you were doing things that were worth it because it was usually tied to moments of triumph. I think not being tied to Moments of Triumph anymore has absolutely tanked that event. So that was really the reason why most of us were playing it, I think. That's usually during my summer gaming break. Um, I've really stepped outside of Destiny a lot the last couple of weeks. 
Um, you know, wrapping up some indies that I wanted to. Trek to Yomi came out today. I've been playing a lot of that uh, this evening. Uh, and I look forward to getting to do things like that still. But that's one of the challenges I think in covering an online game. So you're, you constantly are sitting there looking at these events that people may only play like two, three times in the weeks that they're up. But those of us who like, this is our main social game. Like, oh my God, I have to think about this for three weeks about how much I absolutely fucking hate seeing everything Guardian games related, which is not where I'm at, but it's the point that I'm going to get to. Like, it's going to hit during Solstice real bad this year. I don't, I don't know what you do. I, I think you have to hire somebody who specifically builds a team that this is all they do is they are constantly revamping the special little seasonal things. Like, Guardian Games has been here for three years. Retire it. Retire it. Put it in the vault. You can always bring it back down the road. Or let it rest it. for a year or two. Well, or and that, that's, the, that's the discussion we were just having. Like, and I, don't, I don't even know how you change it. Like, strike scoring and the glows and the big torches you can light, those are all steps in the right direction. I love all of that. Yeah. I, I love all that. I like the idea that there's an exclusive SMG to this. Um, big fan. I think I would kind of like it if it had dropped with the other elements too because of the perk. Like, you, it's a unique perk to the gun. And uh, my biggest pet peeve is that it's not craftable. I can't craft this thing. And that really bothers me. Like, I think you had an opportunity there to let this gun kind of showcase what crafting can do. Like, you you have you have the hockey perk and you have the uh, the guardian teams perk on there that you can choose. But what if you could choose your element on this particular on this particular gun? Like, right. this was the thing that you chose to show off three subclass three with essentially. I just give you a really good compliment to void builds. I like I said, I, I was running it a lot uh, in crucible strikes and gambit this week. I've been running it a lot. I am enjoying it. I like a good SMG. And it's, like I said, you know, it's no submission, but it's still really good compared to the fucking guns that we get. Well, what was it? A horror story and Braytech Werewolf? Like, this mm-hmm. lights out better than those ever were. Right. Um, but with that consider, like, I, I think it's not unreasonable now to expect that every time that we have an event like this, you're going to get a special gun. We got a special sword last year. During, you know, they've done three weapons during the dawning. They've done three or four during Halloween. But I want to like just how Halloween shook it up last year. I want to see these shaken up. I want this and Solstice. I mean, I expect Solstice to be different this year. I know it won't be, but I'm expecting it. And yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. gonna knock it if it's not. This will be the fourth or fifth year we've had the EAZ. It's time to move on. Like seasonal events need to grow with the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to wait until you get PvP fixed first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, like, like, I and I've said it before, Gambit's a lost cause as far as I'm concerned. But I think you have to, if you're going to push a three-week seasonal event every single season that is on top of the regular narrative and on top of the regular things going on, then you have to support it as such. It can't just be something that's bonus and like, oh, we're going to reuse as many assets as possible. No, like, please put some time and some thought and some care into it. And I feel like they tried to do that this year. They gave us a feature we've all been asking for, which is strike scoring, better chances at loot. The fact that Hothead is a common drop if you go do the Nightfall strike is awesome. It's proven that we can do 15-50 matchmaking. It is proven that things like Master Wellspring should 100% have an LFG option right there from the screen. From the launch screen. You should be able to launch into that and get a fire team. There's no excuse for that. And, you know, uh, Nerd and Colonel were discussing this with me earlier this week when I said that my biggest hang-up on doing six-person match-made raids or, you know, doing Grandmasters match-made 
all comes down to champions. Champions will always be the problem. And that's a whole nother episode entirely waiting to happen. Um, you know, as much as John and I have complained about it on this show, you and I have had our gripes as well, Corey. Um, I think that's a discussion to be saved for when the EAZ inevitably comes back and I just need to distract myself from the yeah. awfulness. Like, Solstice used to be my favorite thing from all the way back in Destiny 1. Solstice of Heroes, Moments of Triumph was always my favorite time. Now mm-hmm. they're just tedious. Yeah. I don't even think I touched, I barely touched Solstice last year. I don't know that I play, aside from buying the armor, I don't know how much Guardian games I actually played last year. Yeah. Like, at least the strike scoring is keeping me invested, but having to run back to the tower every single strike is just, it, it's defeating the purpose of being able to buy stuff from the app. Right. So, right. Uh, at least let me stock up on them for a few different activities so I can go do those and then come back and get them. I don't, I don't know. There's so many things I could gripe about, but I don't. It's not that I don't want to. It's just, it's all things that we've said before. And I can at least recognize when you attempt to change something. So Bungie, you you tried. I feel like I should make you a cake that says, you tried like the Kirby meme that we've all had or like the Bart <laughs> Simpson meme. Like we've all seen the cake that says, well, you tried. And that's how I feel right now. Like, okay, fine. I felt that way about Crimson Days. I felt that way about the Revelry. I feel about this and solstice like solstice when they first introduced the az it was so cool but like everything else bungie does at these events they just want to reuse the assets and i don't blame you like the whole thing is ah yes we can let them earn a few things but we really want them to buy more things in the shop that's what we we just voted for gundam armor like you better believe even if festival of the lost is the exact same shit as last year i'm playing it because i'm gonna go buy that werewolf or not werewolf i'm gonna go buy gundam armor for all three classes right like I'm fine with things like that. I'm okay with it. I like the armor here. I just really wish we could earn the old stuff. If it was a thing that was in the shop two years prior for a special event like Solstice or Guardian Games or Crimson Days or whatever, let me earn it during when that when that event is up for its next iteration. Let me earn it in-game. Right. That's no, that's I... one of the only things I think Crimson Days ever did right was there were several rewards you could just earn from shacks. Mm-hmm. More of that, please. Yeah. Uh, take take a page out of uh, 343's book. How they've been doing the event passes for Halo oh. Infinite. You have your season <laughs> I... pass and then you have the free passes on top of that for their two-week events. I thought you were saying uh, six-month uh, seasons. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, if we had <laughs> six-month seasons in Destiny, I'd quit. Um... <laughs> No, like, with, with the event passes, though, like, yeah, not everything hits, but, you know, you're able to unlock stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. We tie stuff to Triumphs. Uh, to, yeah. I don't know. Let me turn in my bronze medals or something for yeah. uh, the old an old ghost or something. I don't know. I'd go yeah. grind out that shit just to get it because I'm a completionist. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I wish, like, each vendor would have just, like, a pass. You know, like a... I mean, I know they kind of already do, I guess, with the reputation thing and you reset it. But I mean, yeah. like, I don't know, like, I I would be more likely to go play Trials if there was like, you can get Shax's armor. So I'm glad that we don't have that in a way, because like St. 14's helmet is obviously and like Cade's cloak are two like special circumstances because those characters like Saint was never in the game. He was a mm-hmm. legend. Mm hmm in d1 and then Cade's cloak was after Cade was already dead yeah um i think 
like leaving leaving goofy things like oh, i'm gonna dress up like crow or like saladin like leaving that to the halloween masks i think is honestly a little bit better that's like one of the truly unique things that halloween seems to get over everything else is it mm-hmm. can just be like really stupid and goofy uh, what was it um ghosts uh tales ghost ghost stories uh yeah. this last time like that was great yeah i loved that that was fantastic but mm-hmm. i don't need or uh glint's ghost tales excuse me glint was the one doing it <laughs> nolan right. north took the whole year off yeah. um i think finding like a little quirky thing that works like i would love for finch to get in on it this year yeah i bet he does he, i mean he's, I... he's, got, he's got to and like our our ghost is just like oh my god this is terrible like yeah uh, there, there's so many opportunities there. Like they finally, I think, have carved their niche out. The Christmas event has always been baking cookies. I know people are like, oh my god, I'm so tired of baking cookies. I don't care. Let me go bake a whole bunch of cookies and get a whole bunch of bright dust out of it. Like I'm here for it. Make the elements way easier to earn, though. I mean, we know you're such a bright dust whore, though, Josh. I am, Corey. I will not be above a hundred thousand when the next season launches, and I'm upset. I mm. bought the WWE Championship belt emote with bright dust this week. Mm. That sounds like something you would buy. That sounds like something you would waste bright dust on. All these cool things. You're like, nope, going to wait, going to wait. WWE belt comes in. Josh, like, I'm all in. Dude, I I swear to God, I'm going to buy, like, half the emotes in the shop this week. Uh, But I digress. I I think that they made some strides here. You can earn a ship. There's a shader you can earn. There's some emblems. There was an attempt. An attempt was made. Um, I don't know if it was particularly a good one. But a couple years ago, they did this during they did this during the dawning when it was like community rank ups, and every time the community ranked up, everybody got special stuff from Space Grandma, and a lot of it was stuff that had been in the shop before. It was a whole bunch of like it was older emotes from like the first uh, from the first dawning that we had in D two like the, and like the Forsaken dawning. Like we got this stuff I think during Beyond Light. First year of Beyond Light, like right as it was launching, is mm-hmm. when we got a whole bunch of packages like that because Avalanche came back with new roles. That's when Cold Front came out. And so you were getting roles of that, but you were getting shaders that you were missing. You were getting uh, old emotes. You were getting old sparrows, old ships. Like, And a lot of it was generic stuff, but it was all stuff that you used to be in Eververse, and it wasn't anymore. Everyone was just getting it given to them. I see nothing wrong with, okay, it's been two full years. Like, you used to be able to earn the donning armor in game. You can't anymore. There are like six sets of donning armor. You need to put them in the game. Mm-hmm. You need to let us earn them. Like, let me pick up a, a week long challenge from you know Grandma. And, oh, okay. It's it's you got three. You've got three weeks to do. You got to play all three weeks. The first like the first week you get arms and legs. The second week you get or you get class item and arms or something. Second week you get legs and or arms and chest. Uh, and then the last week you get the helmet and like a transmat effect. I don't know. There is stuff you can do here. Like I, I will spend, what do you want? Like a hundred thousand glimmer. You want a hundred legendary shards. Like I'll come buy one of those cards from you. Just, you know, let me do that. Let me earn this stuff in game that was in the shop because I'm sorry when something's been in the shop for that long, like if you wanted it and you're a hardcore player, you would have bought it by now. Mm-hmm. The only set I will go back and buy from any of these events that I missed out on because I almost habitually never buy the special sets. I don't buy the glows during the summer. I did not buy the uh, Festival of the Lost stuff up until 
I, I mean, I guess I did the last two years. I bought the werewolf set and then the dino set. I, I mm-hmm. like the kind of goofier ones, but that, that's my Halloween attire. I don't wear it year round. I don't have anything from the revelry, obviously. Uh, and Guardian Games, I mean, I got last year's purely for the holographic cloak. Right. Like, this year's set, I, I'm looking at them right now. Like, I think they're they're good sets for the other classes. Hunters, like, man, I've got about 15 sets of armor that I like better than that. I think it's really sleek, and it's just like last year's. It reminds me very much of Sparrow Racing League. But yeah. it just, like, reinforces my belief that that's never coming back. Man, I wish it would, man. Like, talk about switching something up, right? Like, Well, and that's, that's what I was kind of saying earlier. I think that it's just so tricky to bring back. You have to invest so many resources into making those racing maps only for it to be used for three weeks and then not be used again. Because if I get it, I don't want it coming back, like, every season or even, like, twice in a year. No, like, that would have to replace the spring event, which, sure, if you want to bring that in, like, have that in Guardian Games straight off or tie it into Guardian Games. I don't know, like... There's a lot of stuff you could do there. I mean, you could probably tie it into Guardian Games and make it like an event that coincides Instead of with Strikes next year, it was Sparrow Racing League. I'd be okay with that. Like, it was that and like, if it was that and, I don't know, that and like Mayhem were like your things. I think that would be really cool. Like that Mayhem, yeah. uh, Team Scorched and Momentum Control. Like, make those your three Crucible modes. You do this and put an emphasis on the seasonal event. Like, say, hey, for the last three weeks of the season, we're doing double and triple drops on everything. Guaranteed red border every time you go run the seasonal event. Mm -hmm. Like, that would go such a long way towards getting people back in at the end of these seasons. Because when you do these events, I get that you're lining up with stuff. but And it's meant to draw us back in if we've wandered away. But, man, I'm usually so tired of Destiny by that point. I'm just, it's a, it's a struggle. Like the six month season was a real struggle for me. Um, like I kind of tapered off after about week six or seven. And then I wandered back the week before guardian games. Um, and I'll probably wander away for the last week or two also, because I just, okay, cool. I've unlocked almost all my cosmetics. I don't really care about finishing in the top 10% in the world to get an emblem. Uh, I've almost got the title role that I want. I've got the two perks. I'm just waiting on ricochet around. So like, let me craft these older weapons, though. Like, let me unlock blueprints for these guns. There's no reason why Title, Braytic Werewolf, Horror Story, uh, Avalanche, the whatever the sword was we got at Christmas, etc., etc., should not be craftable. Yeah. Let me craft Shaxx's Valentine's Day bow. Let me craft these things. Like, these work. The, these these are cool. Like, let me craft these the way that I want them, and they can keep living on. I don't know. That that's it. I'm, I'm talking myself in circles now. That's I think that's just kind of like my honest assessment of Guardian Games. They made some great strides this year, but it still has a ways to go before it can be up there with before it can even match cookie baking, let alone what they did with <laughs> Festival last year. What about what about spring cookie baking? Corey, I swear to God, <laughs> we call that bagel season. Mm. What if you're baking? bread and bagels instead of cookies oh my dude what if you literally had to get bread Mm -hmm. no no Mm -hmm. we're not we're not doing this they're gonna like tie it into like tax day or something don't give them any ideas Corey. it's it's fine no it's not it's very not okay (laughs) but I, i i digress we're gonna move on um we we have uh 
One more like mini topic to squeeze in here really fast before we get to, uh, I wouldn't say a beefy lore corner, but uh, a pretty good one. And then we have several listener questions to get to tonight. We do. Um, now that Corey's back, I don't have to vamp anymore. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. So, yeah, sorry. My my kids no, are okay. awake. I'm, I'm teasing you. It's okay. No, I I just, I know it kind of ruins the flow. So, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. The, the, the one that I wanted to get to is we we now know that, and this came out literally like an hour or two before we started recording. I want to make sure that I pull this up accurately. Um. I saw it. Uh, it was uh, retweeted by Jason Schreier, but I want I want to give the source uh, the correct credit here. I can't read the full article because I have to pay for it, and I am not absolute. I'm absolutely not paying to for a subscription to read this article. <laughs> it, oh, if it was God. like on Bloomberg, I would do it, but it's not on Bloomberg. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Josh Cisco. Uh, over at uh, theinformation.com. Uh, he's a regulatory and policy reporter. Uh, so he reports on the FTC a lot. Uh, it came out literally right before we went on air and says, uh, the FTC is diving deeper into the video game industry, opening a probe of Sony's $3.6 billion deal for Bungie, the studio behind Destiny. It follows the current in-depth investigation of Microsoft's $69 billion deal for Activision Blizzard. Um the long and the short of it um, that a lot of people that, you know, we know and read in the industry giving their honest assessments is uh, ranges from they're baffled to, well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, as uh, as Schreier says here, um, and I think this kind of encapsulates it all, during a wave of video game industry consolidation, the FTC is scrutinizing antitrust more than it has in years. Get the popcorn ready. I want to be super clear. I don't think that this means that Bungie's deal is getting rejected. If anything, I think it means that the Microsoft Activision deal like may not be a hundred percent like a lot of us thought. That may not be a slam dunk. Like this mm-hmm. combined with uh, Bloomberg's reporting last week, which I know made a lot of people really upset. Um, just are you talking about the New York, the state of New York suing? No, no, no. This is even different from that. Uh, This came out last Thursday, I want to say. Last Thursday, maybe the week before. um, People were very upset that uh, Schreier and another reporter over Bloomberg were, uh, they wrote an article basically saying that because the share price, where the share price is for Activision, Microsoft is paying like 25% more on the dollar than what the stock is currently worth. And that... uh, there were there were some investors that were basically like, all right, we're ready to cash out this and that. Um, and then that was followed up by Warren Buffett investing like $8 billion into Activision, uh, Activision <laughs> stock, because when it sells, he's going to make billions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, and I, I don't even know if that deal falls apart. If anything, I think that this is meant to almost be a scare tactic in a way like, Hey, don't do this too much. or We're really going to look into you because I, sorry, I don't think that Microsoft is lobbying the FTC on behalf of the Xbox division. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, and I've seen some go like, well, you know, nothing happened when Disney acquired Fox, which was massive. And it was, that's probably still the most consequential acquisition we've ever seen in home media. But you also had people on both sides of that from Disney and from Fox saying, no, 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 like 
you know, hey, we need to get we need to get this through, like, you know, getting their lobbyists up there and things like that, lobbying the Congress and the FTC, like the EU scrutinized the Bethesda deal way more than the US basically just looked at it, signed a piece of paper and said, lol, video games. <laughs> uh, they're not doing that anymore because they're realizing, oh, my God, these companies are worth billions. Right. <laughs> like things like Ninja Theory and Double Fine don't and like uh, Jade Raymond Studio, uh, Haven, like those aren't being scrutinized because those are for like a couple hundred million, maybe at most. At absolute most, but or like, like Embracer buying half of Chris, uh, Square. Oh my Enix. god, that's just God, that's dude, fucking wild. Don't even get me started on that. Do they got? Do they? I know. Deal, we're not, of, we're deal about of the that. century. Deal they of the century. Stole, dude. Tomb Raider alone is probably worth that. They they stole, but man, I I read some uh, I read some numbers the other day, and I'm I'm not as shocked as I was now. Because uh, apparently Avengers and Guardians together lost them like $250 million. Yeah, I saw that. Plus the licensing rights. And they were just like, yeah, no, we're done. We're done. So they Square basically was like, we have a chance to get out and break even. We're going to do it. Um, Man. Uh, Again, whole whole other topic in and of itself. I I just think that this is curious. We're, We're only bringing this up because it's Bungie. Um, as with any acquisition that gets announced before it's finalized, there is always a chance that it does not go through. I don't think that's the case here. I think it's just them saying, whoa, we're not throwing, or you're not throwing around like two, $300 million anymore. You're throwing around billions. Mm-hmm. And especially, so Microsoft with the acquisition of, Bl- of Activision Blizzard will go to being the third most powerful gaming conglomerate. And I believe that is behind Tencent and Sony they would equal Nintendo's market share at that point of like roughly 15 billion in revenue a year. Um, but And Sony and Tencent are still higher than that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more of, okay, we don't want these companies getting too much power. And uh, again, like if either of these deals were to fall through, it would 100% be the Activision Blizzard deal, I feel. Because that, like, I, I've argued this myself uh, on shows that I think that that is too much. Right. I think that that was definitely a step too much. And that's definitely not, was not me crusading the week before the Bungie purchase saying Microsoft should have bought Bungie instead. Right. Bungie and WB games would have been a better investment, but I digress. I mean, they, Um, they could have spent, they could have spent a third of that money and, and gotten squares, Western arm, WB games and Bungie Bungie. Uh, it's just, it, it's wild. It's absolute, it, it's ludicrous. We we are just sitting here watching them throw around billions of dollars like it's Monopoly money. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to hear the words monopolization and antitrust a lot more in the coming years because of deals like this. And we will have to discuss those words on this show since we talk about Bungie every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like as updates come out about this, like maybe I'll see if I can find a cached version of this story. And we can break it down a little bit more next week. I don't know how much more is in there that I haven't seen various other reporters tweet out. But there are a lot of people paying attention to this story right now in particular. Not just because it's Bungie, but because, oh, okay. I think we all all knew the FTC was going to scrutinize a 69 billion dollar deal. (laughs) But I don't think any of us expected the Bungie one to get scrutinized at all. I certainly didn't. Yeah. And now it's like, because the the bar is Bethesda didn't get it. And Bethesda was worth double that. Bethesda sold for yeah. double that. I that wonder, didn't get it, and that was a whole ass publisher. I wonder if they're just doing this because they're going to start doing this now with every purchase. You know, um, 
I and I, I would think that's part of it. The FTC has long been seen as a joke, and I think they're getting mm-hmm. a little bit tired of being treated like that. Mm-hmm. Um, these, I mean, these companies do not respect them, and I mean, on one hand, why would you? Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, it's like, well, you know, if you actually enforced your policies. We wouldn't be in this position if, honestly, if you guys would have stepped up and said no to Disney buying Fox, we would not be in this position right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it just, oh, man. Anyways, that's where we are. Fun fact: Bungie sold for four hundred million dollars less than all of Lucasfilm did to Disney. Mm-hmm. George Lucas almost sold Lucasfilm for the price of Destiny. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. And we thought $4 billion was a lot at the time, and then we're like, oh, no, they're making a new movie. They're going to make that back in like a year. I mean, it was a big deal, though, at the time. That was a lot of money. Marvel so Marvel Comics sold to Disney for $700 million. I know. Well, also, Marvel was, like, going to go away. Uh, it, it, was, it was definitely going to go away, but, yeah, that's... Oh, God, so many... So many weird things have happened the last couple of years, but I digress. Billionaires, right? Am I right? Bob Iger's over here investing in Funko Pops now. Yeah. Hmm. Please, if somebody buys Funko, I'm I'm quitting. Uh, I just I hope it's not Microsoft. Um, it's gonna be a hot topic. <laughs> oh God! GameStop <laughs> tried to at one time, I think. Well, yeah, but GameStop tries to buy everything. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're gonna jump in. We're gonna jump back to some Witch Queen lore. We're gonna go back to the Lucian Tales book. We started reading some from there. We never really picked back up with them. Uh, but now that I have the book completed, uh, I feel better about reading these on Ishtar Collective without getting spoiled. Um, I want to spend some time uh, reading Finch's lore this week, and then the next two weeks we'll do we'll do Guardian Games and uh, some Imaru lore to kind of wrap out wrap up this season. Um, we have two pieces. It's just Finch one, Finch two. Uh, just gonna read. Just gonna read both of them, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll discuss as ne- as needed. Um, and these are all from his perspective, of course, like the entire Ghost Tales book or Lucian Tales book is from the perspective of Hive Ghosts. You gotta understand, none of us came in here thinking grand schemes. None of us. There was just this urge, you know. So we followed it, only to step into a world remaking itself. The light just thrashing away the darkness, pounding away. Mountains sloshing into seas like sugar in the rain. The Hive Throne world remade on a whim. I'm not what you'd call a believer. Not after the Red War. Not after the Tangled Shore. Not after a lifetime of never mattering just because I wasn't half of someone else's whole. But that made me whole again. And then I saw him, what was left of him, lying there. Just his corpse. Dead, maybe. Oh, a hundred years? It's my night. I look and I know he's mine. Like hearing a song the first time and it's already stuck in your head. And in that moment, I think something, something good in me died. And and 22 and Kamasi and Marseille, they're all raising their partners. Hive Lightbearers, every last one. You'd think it'd be impossible, but sure enough, all standing there. Elay, Quasit, Hatcher, everyone finding their purpose. There's Hive to the left of me, Hive to the right. I'm buried in them. And the whole time, every ghost I ever knew is shouting, telling me, this is the traveler's plan. Who are you to question it? And I thought, maybe they're right. I mean, I could see the light scouring a whole world right in front of me. Maybe this was some kind of turning point for the Hive. Knowing your creator chose you to remake an entire species, oh, you'd make some bad choices too. So I shared my light. <laughs> Who wouldn't? 
couple hundred of your closest friends bearing down on you and a hive shredder waiting if you say no? I shared. I reached into him and touched something deep. And what he offered back, it wasn't light or dark. It was cold. It was wrong. And I knew it would fill up whatever empty cracks in me the light left behind. And I chose to make it a part of me, behalf of his whole. I chose to share my soul with a monster. And the thing is, you can't just be part monster. <laughs> then uh, Finch 2. Oh, no, no, no. Why of all things did you make me do this? The hives certainly weren't perfect. Actually, it's not mince words. They were straight up evil. But you, I gave you a part of me. I let you make me worse just so I could make you better. You were supposed to understand you were the only one who ever could. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, so really, you know, this is your fault, not mine. I know, I know you don't want to be dead. I know that. You think I don't know that? I watched you shoot a guardian and her ghost dead. All because I could hear you in the back of my mind, needing me to bring you back. And I listened. I listened to the others, then to you, then to everyone except myself. I didn't expect miracles, but I expected something. Yes, you're dead now, and I can hear you, but I can't. Don't you get it? I just can't. I'm not going to be the trigger man anymore. I'm not going to sacrifice humanity on your personal altar. You're not, you're not worth it. You're not worthy. And you never were, were you? Why does Sabathun have the light? I should have asked why a long time ago. None of us did at the time, but I should have. We both know this wasn't right. Look, I've got no faith left in the Traveler, but I know it. It wouldn't give me a monster and say, make him a god. No, no, we both know this wasn't right. Was it pity? Optimism? Maybe it's just the obvious. I mean, Hive don't accept gifts. They take. Maybe the Traveler was tricked. The end of some long con. The Traveler isn't just some dumb orb ripe for grifting. Gall found that out the hard way. There's got to be more to it. I have to dig deeper. And if joining you damned me, well, hell sounds like a good place to start. I'll find out how she did it. And I don't care how much you try and change my mind. You're staying dead, you hear me? You made me a monster, remember? You don't get to cry about it when I act like one. So this is some of the darkest lore we've had in a while. Um, really getting inside the mind of Finch, who you knew from the second you met him that we were eventually going to get something like this. Yeah. Um, and I think I like this. Lore, I like these two lore pieces because they're so straightforward. You, you know, you get the first from his perspective of raising his guardian. He's basically peer pressured. Finch knew from the beginning it was wrong. But a lifetime of being an outcast and you finally have purpose in front of you. I mean, I think a lot of us would make that choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not so bold and arrogant to say that I wouldn't. And then, I mean, in Finch too, I mean, it, the whole perspective of even though his guardian's dead, he's still hearing it in his head. Will he hear that forever? Like, I think that's a question we have to ask too. Like, is he going to hear that voice forever? Is he going to be able to silence that out eventually? Like, could somebody just like incinerate the body? I don't know. Like, is there like a cleansing technique for a ghost? I would really love to see Finch go on an arc where maybe he gets to be like, I know Eris lost her ghost, but maybe he gets to be Eris's ghost. Mm -hmm. Like since she can use the darkness and everything, maybe Finch gets to be partnered up with her. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of possibilities here. Like this is a character that they clearly intend on building on. Yeah. Like we're not going to be done with Finch anytime soon. He is one of only three ghosts. They've ever given a true four ghosts. They've ever given a true personality to. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a stark reminder, I think, that our ghost could have ended up this way eventually. 
had he not found us in old Russia? Yeah. You know, had Glint not found Crow in the Dreaming City? Right. You know, it's it's, it's startling to think, you know. I'm also imagining, like, what if he just decides he's going to bum it with Osiris? Like, ah, oh, well, you know, we're the outcasts, buddy. I'm going with you. You know, war's over. I'm I'm leaving the system with you. I want to see. I want to see the universe. Uh, there, there's a lot here, but I think the most important thing is that he actually feels regret for his actions, which is not something you hear from like any of the other Hive ghosts when you read their lores. They do not regret doing this. Finch regrets it before he even does it. He does it because he's being pressured into it, and they he insinuates they they were ready to they were going to kill him if he didn't do it. Right. They were going to kill him like uh like the Barons did Sundance, you know, like mm -hmm. Sa like Savathun and Zivu rafted to uh, Sagira. Like they right. they were one hundred percent going to do this again, and right. so he made the choice, and you know you can't be just part monster. You either are or you aren't. So I, it's, it's very frank to hear from a character that's so lighthearted when you encounter him in game. Like in the game, he is very lighthearted the entire time. Like he's cracking jokes. He, he, I did the light blade strike earlier and he's just, he's cracking jokes the whole time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, now you get this and just, you know, a stark insight into what's going on there. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, justice about, for Finch. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that before too, right? Where like, you know, he's just this deeper character than we see in on screen because I think we did a lore piece towards the beginning of the season uh, about Finch, and it was like, man, he has a lot going on. <laughs> he has a lot going yeah. on, and it, it's got to be hard too because, like, obviously, he's supposed to serve his guardian, right? whether mm -hmm. he thinks it's good or bad. And like, we're, we're just seeing these retaliations of these ghosts. Right. And like, well, Finch, but I assume there's going to be others. Right. I, and I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if the characters that don't have ghosts, like you said, like Eris or even, even Osiris, right. Like mm -hmm. could possibly get a hive ghost, quote unquote. Right. And so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you because, you know, Osiris was studying the darkness too. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of possibilities here, but it's very clear to me that we are not in any way, shape or form done with Finch. Yeah. Uh, Finch. And you don't, you don't give a lore readout like this to somebody and have them factor so much into strikes and into the campaign without right. him being a major character going forward. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a little surprised he didn't show up in the raid. So, uh, but with that, we're going to segue out of lore corner. We're going to get to all of our questions because we have a lot of questions tonight. Yeah, what, we have four, I think, right? That we got to uh, get to. We 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 do have we have well, four, three and three and Johnny's right. <laughs> yeah, John, John's isn't serious. Um, but let's uh, so let, let's go let's go to the first one. Uh, of course, it's from Andre again this week. Thank you uh, again. If you guys, if you guys have a question and you want it read out, you can tweet at Tower Casuals on Twitter. You can hit Corey or I up on Twitter. You can email the show, or you can send us a message on Instagram, which we get more of than you think. <laughs> yeah, 
so Andre's question this week. Um, out of Shax, Zavala, and Saladin, who would you who would you want to die, and how? Like, what kind of epic death would they end up having? Hmm. So I'll I'll go I'll 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 take this one first because I've thought about this long and hard. I think you've been thinking about it for two seasons at this. Point. I've been thinking about it for two seasons. It's it's Lord Saladin. I I think with him being the head of the Cabal army now, it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely coming. The, the it's it's right there for Crow to take up the mantle of the Iron Banner. Um. So let me paint a picture here. We're paint it for me, Josh. Paint it for me. Get the colors out. Battle. We're engaged in battle. The tower is on fire. It's burning. It's falling. I am taking this out of the horde mode that we talked about last week. We are evacuating the citizens. And then all of a sudden drop pods come in when we're cornered and we think that that's it. Our guardian shields have been broken. The cutscene is starting. And we're on the ground telling ghosts to hide. And all of a sudden the drop pods land and out steps Vallis Forge and the Brockuses. And they just start destroying everything. They just start ripping apart the witnesses' troops. And then something happens. Keitel has seen us using stasis. She sees us using the darkness. And she senses that something isn't quite right. Because Savathun is back. And she basically tells Valis Forge to kill us. He, she orders him to destroy the young wolf. And in that moment, the Brockuses turn their guns. And instead of taking us down, he takes on all of the elite cabal officers. He's going toe-to-toe with all of them. We're talking axes and hammers are flying. He's punching. He's holding a flaming hammer while he's using fists of havoc. They're, they're, he's just he's whipping out the Captain America. You know, he, he's going full <laughs> Avengers Endgame here. He's getting bloodied. The helmet's destroyed pieces. The armor are falling off. All while they're trying to get up. Crow is there to get us out of the tower. And then all of a sudden you hear one final drop pod. It's Keitel herself on one side. You hear another one. And it's Callus. Saladin caught in the middle trying to fight both while they're in the middle of their grudge match. He dies felling both of the Cabal Warriors. An axe embedded in one. The other's face smashed in with his hammer and then he collapses because he's neglected to realize that a cabal sword has been driven directly through his chest he has been speared and he dies in the guardian and crow's arms before they have to leave the body there because the tower is crumbling end scene wow that's that will 100% not happen by the way (laughs) But it's but cool. If he were that. to have a death, it would be saving the it would be saving Crow and the Guardian. Hmm. Man, I wow. The only vow he would ever break, the only promise he would ever break would be the one to Keitel. That he will yeah. do whatever she tells him to do. Uh-huh. Wow. That's intense. It's intense. That'd be a like, cool scene. Like we said, I've had a lot of time to think about this. You have, clearly. I, I feel like you could have written that out. You should uh, should share that with Bungie, Josh. Just tweet it out at them. 
I, you know what? I should. I, uh, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get Saladin's voice actor in on this. Be like, hey, buddy, I found out a way for you to get killed off. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, for me, I think it's gonna be Zavala. Sadly, okay, okay. I think I, I think it's gonna be a similar situation, but in order to protect humanity, he's gonna sacrifice himself, right? Yeah, and. Uh, I think he's going to go all, I think it's going to be very reminiscent of the red war where, you know, when they're in the, the original tower, right. And he pops mm-hmm. that bubble. Right. And, and he yells at everybody to get inside. Uh, I feel like he's going to pop a bubble or something. And it's going to be to protect everybody, but also to get everybody out similar to what you said with, with Saladin, right? Where like, yeah. he's going to kind of take on all these. Uh, I feel like if we have a Titan die, that's how it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think, I think Zavala goes down fighting the witnesses army. I bet it's the, I, I wonder if it's going to be the veil that, that comes in and, yeah. and takes, tries to take over the tower and, and Zavala, uh, fights them off maybe maybe even a couple other tower people right like amanda holiday could be in there with him right like i i I feel like a couple other people are going down with zavala he's gonna have a team and they're all going down but they're going down to get us and crow and uh maybe even ikora right I think yeah. I think he's gonna I, I he's gonna sacrifice himself to get us all out. I, I would and, not be shocked if by the end of Lightfall we've seen both Ikora and Zola and I. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little I, bit more hesitant on Ikora, but now that like now that Salad because I thought it was gonna be Saladin for a long time, I really did. But now that I he, still think it's Saladin. Kind of, see, I think now that he's like a major part of the story in a different way, but in like a cool way, I don't think they're going to waste that on killing him. I don't don't think they will, um, at least not anytime soon, but I I think to expect to get through the final shape with Zavala, Ikora, and Saladin all being alive is Mm -hmm. wishful thinking. No, I think think by the time the final shape comes around, they're all dead. I think almost all. All the characters I'm not entirely that we know. Sold. I'm not entirely sold on Zavala. I do like your theory of Zavala dying. Like, if Zavala died for me, it would be it would be very much him popping the bubble, and then uh-huh. like as the like while the smoke is all around, and you know like the the arm the witnesses are we they go oh we got it we did it we did it all of a mm-hmm. sudden you just see lightning glowing and you see yeah. a thunder crash come flying mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. I would love to see like this the flashbacks in Zavala's mm-hmm. mind as he's flying up into the sky Superman style like mm-hmm. it just it goes into slow motion and like you have like the the Lord of the Rings music like yeah. kicking in the the Eagles music like as mm-hmm. as they're flying in with Gandalf you have that music mm-hmm. playing and he's just or, you, you're getting all the images like him living the distributary him coming to earth building the tower uh him and Cade and Ikora you know hugging together after the red war him at Cade's funeral, you know, mm-hmm. telling the guardian, you know, I, you know, I, I trust you. Him ready to protect Crow. He was ready to throw away an entire alliance with his boo in order to save Crow. <laughs> and I think you yeah. have to show all those scenes. I think. 
Yeah, I think I wonder if it's like okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start over here, Josh. Okay, Zaval's still dying. He's he's dead. Yeah, but it's gonna be him, Shax, and Saladin Ooh. fighting with the Cabal, fighting the Veil, right? Spicy. And they're winning. Spicy. They're winning. Like they're winning, right? Okay, they're mm. taking taking them out using supers, shotgun and hammer and axe and thunder crashing. And all of a sudden, you just see the witness start walking. No, like nobody's trying to attack the witness, right? He's just walking, and like he does something like really crazy. And like him and him and Zavala have like this face off, right? Zavala is like trying to attack him. He can't hit him because the witness is some kind of magical being that is using some form of light or darkness that we've never seen before. Right. Right. And like Zavala is like 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 you said, they start showing flashbacks and Zavala's like fighting the witness and the witness is like neoing him, right? Like he's like blocking him and like without any effort. And Zavala's like yelling at everybody to get out while he's holding the witness off. And uh finally you just see the witness pull out some sort of weapon we've never seen before. Yeah, like a cool sword, like you know, and just just guts him right, just right through the chest, and you just see like the light fade from Zavala. Maybe he crushes his ghost while he stabs him. Like he grabs Zavala's ghost and just crushes it in his hand, like we've been doing to the hive ghosts. Zavala goes down, protecting us. We all leave in the helm. Avengers helicarrier thing. The cabal are in there. It's happening. I would love that. Like if it mimicked the mass spoilers for mass effect three, when you finally yes. take down Kai Lang and Shepard uh-huh. just leans in and whispers that was for Thane, you son of a bitch. Uh-huh. I would love for ghost to have that sass when we kill the witness. <laughs> Be like, yeah. That was for Savala. <laughs> but here, I just I just keep coming back to we. You can't kill Lance Reddick. He plays the game. I know <laughs> we can't kill Lance. I maintain yeah. he will be he will be the space president of planet Earth at the end of the series. All his friends are dead. The remaining people have all left. But he's just like I imagine him. Like, have you watched Arcane on Netflix? Uh uh-uh. uh I have not. So there at the be. There, there's a warrior who finds two kids at the very beginning, and he stops fighting after that. He becomes their surrogate parent, and he, in his bar, you see his gauntlets just hanging up uh, by the ceiling. I imagine Zavala like hanging his shoulder guards up, mm-hmm. and being like, when we come back to like visit him, he's just like chilling in like civilian clothes. Like he, he's sitting there in like a bungee themed hoodie in his office, being like, oh. This is great. And he's, he's like, he's just sipping a cocktail with a little umbrella in it. Maybe he's working out the Shax's workout tapes. Like, look, my <laughs> man deserves a, a, he needs a 401k and a pension plan. That's all I'm going to say. But we, <laughs> we if, have to move if, on. We have so many if, questions. We do. But what if Zavala's office is like, he's the one that survives. What if he's the one that survives and you just go in his office and he has like Cade's cloak and Ikora's uh bond and the uh the axe from from shack or from uh saladin 
I was, no. I was gonna say, is Zavala's bath towel gonna be hanging up on the wall? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shax's horn, his other horn, <laughs> <laughs> the missing horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I hope we answered your question adequately there, Andre. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see his response on Twitter tomorrow. Just <laughs> our uh, our next question uh, comes. Oh God, dang it! My my feed just completely rebooted on me. Oh God, where is it? Oh my God! Do I need to pull them up? No, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Oh God, everything's buzzing at once. Uh, this one, Joasis. Joe in an alternate in an alternate timeline, you have to main another class besides what you currently main. Which one do you choose? For the record, I am a hunter main and Corey is a titan main. I have a feeling we both have the same answer for this question, though. What, Warlock? Or Harry Potter! Opposite? Space Harry Dumbledore! Harry Potter! <laughs> Harry Potter and the audacity of these bitches! <laughs> um, no, I would 100% be a warlock. I just want to run around throwing Nova Bombs and Moira Beams everywhere. Yeah, that's all I care about doing. That's all I want. I kind I want like I want to get the stasis super, but I really don't want to endure beyond light again in order to unlock it on my warlock. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because like right before uh, Witch Queen came out, I made I made Mitch and my friend Jeff run through uh, the Beyond Light campaign with me just so I wouldn't have to play it by myself and endure that. He, here's my here's my biggest problem. Like it's not even that. It's getting the stupid fragments yeah like that's somehow even worse yeah i i hate it i would absolutely play a warlock though um i would play a warlock but i would want my hunter jump still yeah i would want to jump around like in a in a hunter triple jump with a dress i think that's the only reason or like one of the main reasons why i don't play warlock a lot now is that stupid jump i hate the jump i hate the floaty jump it's not great and they're slow like they're really slow. They are in fact slow. Um yeah, I don't I don't think there's really anything else to say. Like I do occasionally play a warlock in PvP. Mm-hmm. Um fun fact, that's how I got my only seventh column was by playing a warlock. Oh, God. <laughs> I threw a Nova bomb and wiped everybody and then turned around like as I was like freaking out like oh my god I can't believe I took everybody up turn around snipe the dude at the other end of the lane right as he spawned in oh wow so my only seventh column ever came from playing as a warlock I have I have not played as a warlock in PvP since that was just such <laughs> a good I'm day for up. me I'm hanging up my bond Yep, yep, my... I'm done. Um, it, it's it's like uh, what what the joke about the the Nets playing game champs 2022. That's how I feel right now. Like that that's what I am. Like I came in off the bench. Uh, there there's a podcast I love listening to uh, that the Ringer does called the Rewatchables, and they have an award they give out the Dion Waiters Heat Check Award, and it's uh, who makes the best use of their limited time in a movie. And uh, man, it. I would absolutely be that as a warlock in PvP. I'm getting the heat check award. That's fair. Corey, what would your choice be? Would it be hunter or warlock? Oh, it's it's a warlock. I've I've tried to play the hunter so many times, and I just... I'm not skilled enough at the game to play the hunter. Like, I feel like... At least you can admit it. It's okay. I feel like it's a different set of skills, right? That... 
and, and I just don't I just don't have them, Josh. I just don't. Right. The golden gun requires quite the precision that I don't have. Like I would have to I would have to play the bow. I would have to play uh it, I, I that's the class I'd I have do. to play and I don't want to do that. Right. It's a, so it's a it's a really fun class. I I I don't doubt it, but like my smoke makes things go boom now. I like it. <sighs> I get to fire multiple volleys. I'm living out all my Hawkeye fantasies. I have ice axes for when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Ninja stars, Corey. The the buffs that you get in the Guardian Games playlist, I just I ran through an entire strike earlier. All I did was throw ninja stars repeatedly because they were coming back so fast. Mm-hmm. Like instantaneously they were coming back. So it's like bing, 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 bing. Like I was doing uh fallen saber, and that's all I did was just I meleeed everything to death. I pulled out a sidearm when I needed to get a couple really quick kills, and then I bing, 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 bing. It's great. It's great. I had like 120 kills from just throwing stars. Fantastic. Nice. Nice. Uh, Our next question, our last question, comes to us from Jacob Brazil via Instagram. Hey, guys. Big fan of the podcast. I listen through Spotify and want to ask a question. Did not have another way to reach you. Master Val the Disciple has been a hot take with uh, with our adept weapons worth it. My question for you is, what if instead of weapons being the main loot, the armor is? Maybe make the armor, artifice armor, like in Grasp of Avarice. Corey, I'll let you go first on this one. I mean, armor is always really interesting, right? Because, like, I, I remember in Destiny 1 when, like, the hard raids would come out they would have like a slightly different set of armor right like when uh like when king's fall came out they had it was uh the white version of the armor instead of the gray and red right or was it the other way around i can't remember uh but my point is there's two different sets and i think that that would be really cool to get um a special ornament or something from these things uh if you tried it on hard just because like I feel like sometimes the adept weapons are worth getting and sometimes they aren't right. Like the time worn stuff in vault of glass from what I've heard is not really worth chasing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, but then you have stuff like trials and the adept weapons are totally worth getting. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think you could save like the adept stuff for, for that kind of in game content. And like, if you try it, try like a PVE event or something, on a harder difficulty, you get a cool ornament or a glow or something, right? Yeah. I think, I think that's my opinion because destiny is all about looking cool while you're killing stuff. Right. So, um, yeah. So I don't know that I necessarily want every piece of armor to, in like high end content to have, Grass Vavra stuff. That being said, if you're in master mode, there should be some kind of perk to the armor in general, mm-hmm. just so you're not automatically sharding it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no worse feeling than going into a master raid or a master dungeon and getting nothing but armor. Like, I guess, like, Master Grass of Avarice isn't that way because you get the artifice, or, the, the artifice armor, but I also don't want that to be, like, the default perk for everything. Like, maybe have one dungeon and one raid with it at a time. Uh-huh. I just think, like, you knocked it out of the park so well with that first perk, especially on the class items, man. I would like to see, for the raid armor, maybe, um, 
maybe you get um, a little bit of extra energy. Like you can, when you masterwork that armor, you can bump it up to like 12 instead of 10 uh, for your uh, mod slots. You know, because we, we have, you have an energy cost associated. I'd like to see that increase maybe a little bit like to where, oh, it goes up to you have, you have 12 bars you can fill up now instead of 10. Because those extra two would make a huge difference when it comes to class items and uh, arms, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, heck, even uh, even uh, helmet mods now with the uh, new masterwork orb generators. Like, I yeah. would I would say like that would automate. I would have a difficult time choosing between that and my artifice armor. Yeah. Um. Like I would, I would have multiple sets of armor at that point. I think you have to find like a different. Like a different shtick, for lack of a better word, for each proposition here. Yeah. Like each time that you want to go do this. I, I think it mm-hmm. has to be unique enough that veteran play like that, like the hardcore players want to grind it, but the even the casual or casual players are like, oh damn, that is really cool. I gotta get an LFG there. I gotta get in there and get at least a piece or two of armor. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how you fix adept weapons in raids. I have no idea. Um, that is just you because you can't you can't like completely imbalance them over everything else. Like making them like the adept weapons in trials is fine, but you know we've kind mm-hmm. of been whelmed by those too. Yeah, I, I just don't know how you do that without creating just this gigantic power vacuum where like the best players are getting even better. Yeah, like it should be something that makes the best players better, but that is not easily, but is feasibly attainable for everybody else. Right. And it all starts with removing champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say champions are like the one of the biggest impediments to doing master raids and master activities, because especially with the mods being so finicky and like right. how they change every single season, there's always going to be a different strategy. You got to account for the champions. No, the legendary campaign has shown you how you should be doing this. Mm-hmm. I do not ever want to see another encounter based around champions. Like master, it's funny we got the best example of difficult content, and we got the worst in the same week with Master Vox. Mm-hmm. Like Vox is awful. <laughs> that is awful on Master. Never again. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. There, there's got to be some sort of shtick. Um, I but it's got it. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's got to be armor. It's yeah. got to be armor, um, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe it's artifice armor, but you can slot your raid mods for free mm-hmm. if you're if you're wearing the raid armor. Because right now, I don't have a need to keep my raid armor. The mods are not essential, thank God, um, and they haven't been since um, Garden of Salvation. Right. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. that's where I stand on it. Do we have that? That was it. Just the three questions, right? Yep. Yep. Unless you want to talk 10 minutes about Titans. Like you do not want to talk 10 minutes about Titans. Johnny wanted to talk. We are, are ignoring sure? John's question. I mm. executive Titans rock, override. John. I hear you. I see you, John. Uh, it's Johnny. okay. Go, go, go scrub your dish towel out. <laughs> I don't even think mine's a dish towel. I think it's a loincloth right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, they're, they're making them see through now. So they are. Hmm. I want my crotchal region to glow, Josh. Jesus Christ. All right, that's it. Corey, get us out of here. We're done. We're done. Pack it up, boys. Oh, man. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Tower Casuals, on Instagram at Tower Casuals. 
you can email the show at towercasuals at gmail.com. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out with discoverability. We appreciate all you guardians out there who listen. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two N's. You can find me live bemoaning the Mavericks postseason troubles right now as we oh, get annihilated wrong, by the Phoenix Suns. That did happen, didn't it? It, it has happened. Uh, at the at the time of this recording, we are down 2-0 in the series. It will be 3-0 shortly after this post, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Between that and uh, the Seahawks trading away our star quarterback, it has not been a good couple months for me in the sports ball world. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling right now. With the we had a good draft. It's okay. I believe we're going to turn a corner. And yeah. Get, yeah. get me out of here. Get me out of here, Captain. <laughs> you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting a plethora of other podcasts if you want to check those out uh, over on the Boss Rush Network. So uh, I think that's it, though, Josh. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Mm-hmm.